I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Best Bits of the Week with Morgan. It's listener Q&A time. Where Morgan and a show member answer almost all your questions. Part three time listener Q&A. Thank you if you joined us from part one. And if you didn't, be sure to go check out part one because... Mike D, we talked about our uniforms, Mm -hmm. which is a funny conversation itself, and everybody probably has a (laughs) uniform. We got a tattoo update from you, a mental health update. All the things. A lot of stuff over there. So go check out part one. But let's let's get to some listener questions. All right. We got Jose from San Francisco who wants to know your must-watch movies from 2023. First one up would be The Iron Claw, which is a movie that I was surprised did not get a Best Picture nomination. Zac Efron is in it, and it's the story of the Von Erich brothers who have a pretty tragic story. Oh, I do, I do want to see this. It's not out on streaming, though. No, nah, it's it? still in theaters. They're kind of in a weird place of not knowing who's going to have it on streaming or mm. if it's going to be able to be rented. So you can only go watch it in theaters still. Okay. But I always look for a best picture to kind of hit me an emotional level. I like sad movies. Like, those are the ones that I think should win you do. every You You also like sad music, too. I like sad things because <laughs> I feel like... Here's another therapy thing. <laughs> it's hard for me to feel emotion in the real world. But when I watch it on in a movie or a TV show and I can identify something sad, it just hits me so much more. If I see a character die in a movie, like that makes me cry more than I hear about somebody crying in real life. I don't know why it is. It's just something that has always been a part of how I interpret things. So Hey, as long as you're getting it out some way. I respect it. So out of all the movies last year that I watched, that was the one that made me cry probably multiple times because it's so much of an emotional just gut to the hit right to the gut. So I need to be in a a space for that when I watch this. Yeah. Some people have gone into this movie blind, not knowing anything about it. And you will leave wrecked. Okay. Yeah. I need need to get in that headspace for that. It's hard to recommend something sad knowing like this is going to make you cry because me saying that. You'll probably watch it now and be like, I wasn't that sad. I really think this one will will stick the test. Hey, maybe if you don't get sad, you need to get a little bit more in your your emotions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's your number one. My second one, as far as movies that came out and were the most just talked about online because it's so weird, is Saltburn. 
Oh you can, yeah, you can I watch on Amazon. That one. It is one that you're going to have an opinion about because there are some weird things in that movie. And I've watched a lot of weird movies. And going into this one, people picked out maybe two or three moments in the movie that are just like, what is happening? And I like movies like that. Okay. So it is really weird. But you liked it. I liked it a lot. And it's I like movies that create a debate, create a conversation that you can watch and go talk about with your friends and recommend. And this one might not be one of the best movies overall, but I like movies that are noteworthy and that get people talking. So I think on that front, this is one of those that you'll watch and definitely have an opinion about. You'll either love or hate it. You know, I have seen people remake scenes from yeah. it, and I feel like I've kind of seen the movie in that way, and I'm like, this feels really strange. Because if a movie comes out and then it takes over TikTok, that is a good movie. Yeah, that's true. And everybody's trying to make the scenes and stuff from it. Yeah, so it's it's really just a story about this guy who gets obsessed with another guy and goes to some very extreme measures to be a part of that person's life. Okay. All right, so Saltburn number two was not anticipating that one. Yeah. <laughs> you had any others? My third one was my favorite movie of last year, Godzilla Minus One. It just came back out in the theaters. It's gone again, but they did like a black and white version, which is cool because it has like that old school monster movie feel, feel to it. Mm -hmm. And that is another one I feel like should have been up for best picture. It's up for like a visual effects award, but a movie that you don't expect a Godzilla movie to be that emotionally draining <laughs> And just so good on every level. It's not just a big, dumb monster movie. There's so much depth to it. And it is in another language, so you do have to watch it with subtitles. But Yeah, isn't it in Japanese or it's, something? It's in Japanese. Yeah. But those movies are the best to me because you pay so much more attention having to read a little bit to... You like pay attention to every single thing because you're reading and you understand it more. And even though that it's in Japanese, you still connect with the characters because the acting in the movie is so good. So you mean I can't have this as my emotional support background noise? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three solid ones. Did you have a top five or was it just top three? I did a top three. Okay. All right. Well, those are some strong picks. So Jose, if you want to watch some movies, he's got you. McKinsey from Tennessee. No. McKinnis. <laughs> now I want to call you McKinnessy. <laughs> McKinsey from Texas wants to know a popular movie people would be surprised you've never seen. For the longest time, it was Star Wars. And I had a thing in my mind that everybody loves Star Wars so much, I was going to be the one person who never saw it. And I went the longest time without watching the original Star Wars movies and even the, the prequels they made in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it wasn't until they made the 2010s versions that I went back and watched all the original <laughs> ones because I actually liked those better than the originals at times. When yeah. those movies came out and so many people were hating on them, I thought that's what made them exciting. And also because they came out in the late 2010s, they looked better. The special effects were better. The action scenes looked, you know, so much more like, oh, this is what it would actually look like. That I enjoyed those movies so much <laughs> that I went back and watched the originals after being opposed to watching them just because they were so popular. There was all the fandom around Star Wars. I never fully got it. And so it was me just wanting to like rebel <laughs> against, mm -hmm. here's this really popular thing. I don't want to be a part of it, but now I've seen everyone and I love them. Have you seen any of the TV shows from them? I tried. Aside from The Mandalorian, I haven't been able to get into all the other TV shows. Even though everybody said Andor was good, mm -hmm. I never fully dove into the TV shows. Yeah. I, I, I went from zero to 100 with Star Wars. Like I had, I was like you, I'd never seen the movies, but you know, COVID, I watched everything. I was just <laughs> binge watching everything. 
And I got into all those TV shows, those Star Wars movies, man. Mandalorian made me fall in love with them even further. And then I just, every time a new one came out, I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, I, I'd be so hyped. It could have been the worst TV show ever. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I fell. I fell hard. So I respect it. But I'm glad you did finally watch them. I feel like they're worth it. They are. I mean, A New Hope is oh, it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like people like Empire Strikes Back better in those first original movies. But I just love the introduction of characters and the fact that the first one just jumps into this world. They reference the Clone Wars. Nobody knows what the Clone Wars are. I feel like that movie took so many more chances that movies don't really do these days of like creating this big world and just here it is. It exists. Believe it or don't. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) And you know what? A lot of people believed it. So it, it worked for them. We got Kim from Florida. She wants to know what we wanted to be when we grew up, like when we were kids. What do we want to be when we grew up? I wanted to be different things throughout different stages of my life. <laughs> the first thing I remember telling my parents I wanted to be was an architect. I don't know why. What a strange thing as like a little kid. To be like, like in kindergarten, I was like, <laughs> I want to be an architect. I don't know why. Maybe because I like drawing. I like tools. That was just the first thing that I wanted to be. And I remember every time you would fill out one of those things of what you want to be when you grow up. For the longest time, it was architect. Could you even spell architect? I learned how because I wanted to be one. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I don't think I can spell it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard one. I'm like a picture in a kindergarten, right? Architect. And they're probably like, dang, big dreams, kid. <laughs> but I remember like, I would just play of like, I'd had these sheets of paper with these drawings. I'd have my like little tool. I'm like, I'm going to be an architect someday. And eventually I just never thought you about totally it You totally could have though. Like 100% you could have. <laughs> just not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> okay. And then after that, I wanted to be a pro wrestler because I got really into wrestling in the late 90s, early 2000s. And that was just like a hype dream for me of like going, I like research like wrestling schools. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll go to this one in Texas and then I'll become a wrestling star. It'll be so easy. You wanted to be the fake wrestling star or like legit wrestling? Fake. <laughs> okay, I'm it's not sure. It's not fake. <laughs> it is. WWE, it's not fake. Okay, well, they rehearse it. It is rehearsed. It is sports entertainment. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so sorry. You go watch the I Iron mean, Claw and tell me that it's fake. I just mean fake as in like you're not, it's not a legitimate like you're going and you're trying to kill the guy. No. It's like rehearsed. It is, it is a better it, word. It is predetermined, <laughs> but everything that happens, all the toll that their body goes through is uh, very hey, much still real. still respect. <laughs> There's no hate for me. I was not prepared <laughs> to say that word clearly. I feel like people discredit wrestling because it's quote unquote fake. That's what everybody says. It's fake. What is real? <laughs> hey, I, there was no disrespect for me. I just more was genuinely like because like the, the, the fake version of it mm. or like real, like you, you may die today. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, some people have died in the quote unquote fake wrestling too. <gasps> That's horrible. I know. No, they're still, uh, trust me, they're ripped. Like, uh, that would be mm-hmm. so cool to be like ripped and you get like a whole rehearse. <laughs> it's still scary. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Any others besides uh, your wrestling? And then I wanted to be like a rock star for the majority of my life. <laughs> I had started like my first band in like sixth grade. All throughout middle school and high school, I was in bands. Whenever I first graduated high school, I moved from my hometown of Waxahachie, Texas to Austin, Texas to literally be in a band. We toured Texas and tried to make it. And eventually, like, I stopped caring about it as much because I saw how hard it was. Mm. And I looked at, like, the life of, like, a touring musician, not making a whole lot of money. We made a little bit of money, but really only enough to, like, put back into it. It is a tough life. 
And around the time that I was going and touring a lot and playing, you know, recording music, I was also starting as an intern on the show back when they were in Austin. So I was going from <laughs> playing shows late at night, going home, sleeping for a couple hours and going into the internship. And I started to see like, what do I really enjoy doing? And what do I see myself doing five years from now? What do I want to invest my time in? That was really when I began the shift of like, all right, I'm going to cut back on doing the music and focus more on something that I enjoy and also I see a future in. That's fair. And, and listen, that rock star life ain't for ain't for the week. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you could have got into some crazy things. Yeah. And just touring in general is tough. <laughs> and also like being in a band isn't, I mean, even back then it was more profitable, but being in a band now, really yeah. tough to be profitable. That's why everybody's a freaking solo artist and doing the TikTok route because you can't really make a whole lot of money from music and then you have to split it four or five ways. Have you ever it's thought tough. about like trying on TikTok just to like as like a side thing now? I thought about it slightly for a minute, <laughs> but I don't really play guitar a whole lot anymore. And in the band that I was in, I was lead singer. I play guitar. But nah, I don't really have that in me anymore. <laughs> I haven't written a song in like uh, five years. Maybe that can be part of your goal for 2024. You try and write a song and sing it. It does seem fun again because my brother is still, in, he just joined a band again and he's touring a little bit. And I watched his band perform on New Year's Eve. And it kind of gave me that itch again because it was always something I did with my brother. He was the drummer. I was the guitar player. So there was always this fun element of, even if we didn't tour, just playing songs again. I even texted him after that show, like, this would be fun again. Like if we lived in the same city, we would probably find like a practice space here just to play, which I think is the fun part. Like not mm -hmm. so much playing shows, but just literally what I enjoyed the most about it is when we would just have practice, I'd come in with a song idea, we'd write a song, practice it and then get it down. And there was just like a sense of accomplishment of like, oh, this was actually a good song that I enjoy. Nobody has to hear it. I just like playing it. So more of a hobby, I think, is the space I would get into rather than like putting the music out there because I don't think anybody wants to listen to it. Hey, you never know until you try, <laughs> though. I think you should try and pick up guitar again this year. And I maybe write it. a song. Because there was my f the band that really got me into playing guitar was Blink-182. Whenever their album Enema of the State came out, I wanted to be like the guitar player, Tom DeLonge. He is the one who inspired me. And they're back now performing, putting out music. And he like re-released a guitar that he played back in the 2000s that was so iconic. And the guitar that I like wanted as a kid, but it was so expensive. They re-released like that guitar. And I thought about buying it. It's, it's still really expensive. It's like $1,200. It is, but definitely not un not doable. Yeah. But I told myself if I did that, that would mean I had to commit myself to going back and relearning some things and dedicating time in my week to play guitar. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready for it. So I didn't buy it. <laughs> well, maybe maybe you are ready for it. You just have to force it. Yeah, I've, I've, I did pick up the guitar like a couple of weeks ago, now that I remember, and just tuned it and played a little bit. It felt pretty good. See, <laughs> I'm telling you, maybe this will also help you get a little bit uh, of things that you're doing that aren't work. That is true. And after everybody saw your day in the life, I think you need some of that. Mm -hmm. Mike, <laughs> add that to your thing. Okay, well, I, I am with you. Listen, I didn't go the extent that you went, but I did want to also be a rock star at one point. Mm -hmm. 
Which I think we, everybody does. Listen, which we know because I got forced to sing on the air <laughs> and that was a horrible experience for me. Um, the Yeah, that, that didn't work out for me. But the other the other ones that were I had were an ice skater. I want to be a professional ice skater um, and a zookeeper. I want to take care of the animals at the zoo. I could see that. And then a marine biologist. A lot of animal related. Heavy on the animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved, I never wanted to be a veterinarian because I didn't want to, that, that job always looked really hard. But like the zookeeper, you can play with all the animals. And then the marine biologist, you always live on the ocean and you can hang out with dolphins and whales. Oh, it's be so cool. I feel like I should know a marine biologist. I just remember like a lot of people wanting to go to college to study marine biology. Right? Like, where are these people? I want to meet you. I want to go see some whales. If I had to guess, I think is. Do you remember the movie Aquamarine? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what did it for a lot of us. The fat that and Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of them that came out in our childhood, and everybody's like, "I want to do that." <laughs> I was part of that, so yeah, those were mine. But I, I never took it the steps you did, though. I did. I had vocal lessons, piano lessons, and guitar lessons. I did all of that, and I did win my middle school talent show singing "Red High Heels" by Kelly Pickler. Nice. So I wasn't horrible when that happened. I I just never got better. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. And then an actress, that was always one, which I do feel like that could somehow some come into play at some point in time. I'll write. Well, I am working on right. I have that's been another one of my goals this year of just writing more creatively. Mm -hmm. And I've been writing things not so much knowing if it's going to be like a movie. I'm working like on a scripted podcast. But if I write something that requires a part for you, I'll definitely write you in. Oh, heck yeah, I'll <laughs> do it. I would love it. Like that's my jam. I I follow a, a casting like account to like try all these ones. And I keep looking for them, seeing if I fit anything. <laughs> just be like, should I do it? <laughs> and I do think about it a lot. I haven't pulled the trigger, but I do think about it a lot. So we'll see, maybe. Yeah, because I think on the other end of that, I always at one point I wanted to be a director. Mm -hmm. I know you still kind of do. I like, feel like that's the end goal. In like in college and in high school, I was heavy into like researching and like filming things. I love doing music videos and short films. And what I love about movies really is like the directing process. And like, I have a lot of favorite directors. It is a really tough thing though. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I have it in me to be a great director. That's fair. I do think you have it in you. I think you have a lot of talent, a lot of creativity, but you have to love something so much mm -hmm. to pursue it so fearlessly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and do you love it that much? I don't know. Like, that's the only question you can answer. Yeah, I don't think I love the directing part as much as I think I love the writing part more. I would rather write something and somebody take that and have their vision and their spin on it. Because I feel like I would like that aspect of it more because I feel like I can, I can pour everything out onto a page. But to take that page and like make it come to fruition is a whole other thing. Wouldn't that then mean you could be the producer on the film? Yeah. So you could do producing versus directing. So I, I feel like I would just be good. I don't think there's a role for this of just saying like what's good and what's bad. Because <laughs> like I, I can watch a movie or I could probably even see a process and be like, we should take that out. <laughs> That's fair. But I do think if you write something, then you do have that input. Yeah, and so, then you are the producer. Yeah, sometimes... Very few times, like somebody will write something and then also be on set. Sometimes that happens. I would like to do that part of it. Well, you know, everything's always changing, right? Everything always has to evolve. Maybe that's how we start making great movies. Yeah. I'll write one up. Never say never. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. We're going to answer some more questions. 
Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chelsea from California is training for a first half marathon and wants some tips or suggestions from the pro runner, Mm -hmm. Mike D. I'll start first. Like That was kind of my first major goal. The reason I was even inspired to run was because of my dad, who about eight, nine years ago, he was running half marathons and I was not. And there was one in particular where I went, I saw him and my sister run, and I was just on the sideline, and I thought, like, man, my dad is in his 50s out here running a half marathon, and, like, I don't really do anything physical. And it was seeing him do that and accomplish that and being so proud that made me want to pick up running, and it inspired me. And even to this day, I think about it because he still runs, and he's in his 60s. So when I first started out, I couldn't run a mile without stopping. So I think that was my first goal. So depending on where you are in your half marathon training, I would say for anybody just starting running, the first goal should just be that first mile. If you've never run, 
whether it's you walking it, you half jogging and then walking it, just try to get through that first mile. Don't care about your pace. Don't care about anything else of just completing that first mile. And then I think that first medium goal should be a 5K, which is 3.1 miles. And it's always just having a goal in your head of what you want to achieve, knowing that you're working towards something and just creating small steps to get you there. Because I didn't go out and just think, all right, I'm going to run a half marathon. Today, I'm going to run for an hour. No, I'd be miserable. You wouldn't do it. You were going to injure your body. And when it comes to running, you want to ease yourself into it. Because if you go hard, you're going to pull something. You're going to get hurt and injured. And then you're not going to be able to run the race. So don't be afraid to start small. Don't be afraid to run slow. I think the majority of your runs should be slower runs. Just building up that stamina and getting your body to a point that it can take those things on. And you're going to realize that a lot of running is mental. So yes, part of it is physical, but a lot of it is just your mental strength of I'm going to do this. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to get it done. And I think that's why I enjoy running because so much of it is just you versus yourself. I like going on the pavement and knowing that it's my force in my body and in my head that's going to get me through this. That is it. Me and the pavement. So get through that first goal of just completing that mile. That's going to build up and you're going to get that 5K done and just add a little bit. That's what I would do. I would just say, I'm going to do another mile this time. I'm going to try to do three. I'm going to try to do four. And eventually you're going to build yourself up and get to that big goal. So when it comes to the actual things you need to do, hydrate, drink water. <laughs> like that's really the easiest thing to do when it comes to running because that's going to improve. It's like the lubricant that just powers. It's like changing the oil in your car and so making this sure you This is why I'm oil. a bad runner because I don't drink water. You got to drink water. <laughs> got it's, it. it's that simple because... Your body is just sweating. Let me sip on my emotional score while, 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 while you tell it. Because your body is just sweating and you're losing the salt in your body and it's just draining out of you. And if that all drains out of you and you don't, you're not hydrated, you're not going to want, you're going to slow down. You're going to stop. So being hydrated is important. Also stretching, which I hate. I hate stretching. I would just go run and not stretch, but it really does help you not get injured and also you just have better runs when you take five, 10 minutes to do some runner stretches, search something on YouTube and just find runner stretches, mainly just stretching out your legs and doing that warm up process. And then also after your runs, doing a cool down process of either another stretch routine or just walking for a little bit. So it's powering up your body, doing the run, powering down. That is really the initial steps to get started. I'm tired. <laughs> like just hearing you talk about the whole process of this I like mad respect because I am tired <laughs> just hearing about it but you'll also find that if you I don't even know that I still love running but I love the feeling after it but I think I've come to enjoy the actual process of like zoning out and just enjoying the mm -hmm. actual like oh this is a time where you can just you're only focused on the running part so I think if you can also find I would always try to switch it up a little bit with the scenery because if you are oh, running on a treadmill is tough. I would not recommend doing this on a treadmill, but finding like different trails around where you live or different parts of your neighborhood to keep all the things that you're looking at different because that will also help of you're not so focused on, okay, last time I ran at this point I was here and now I'm a little bit further behind. As much as you can switch up your environment, it will help you mentally get through that hurdle of like, I just want to stop and go home. 
You know, if you're going to do that, just, just um, maybe do it later on in your training. Because there was one day I got wild hair and I was like, I'm going to go for a long run today. And I went to a hike area to do it. I literally lasted 10 minutes. I was like, what am I doing? And yeah. I got stuck. And I was like, I have to walk my happy butt all the way home now. <laughs> so maybe do the cool trails and stuff when yeah. you're a little more experienced. <laughs> oh, that's great advice. Like all of that is great advice. And I have nothing else to share. So good job, Mike. I Shout out, Chelsea. I hope your first half marathon goes amazing. And, oh, okay. Pro tip for shoes before I ask you this next question for Ooh. her. Shoes? Uh, I've gone through every single possible running <laughs> shoe. I think it's going, and some places will, you can go in and they, like, look at your feet. They test them. They, like, you stand on something and they can see, like, where your pressure points are. Yeah. So I would say if you can find a place like that, like a lot of running stores will have that and they'll recommend what is good for your feet. Because that's the thing. Everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And a lot of running shoes, I feel like, are narrow and I have, like, a wider foot. So I had to find something that fit me. I tend to like shoes that are a little bit lighter because when I'm running, I know some people like that added support. I usually don't. I like the less support that just has a little bit more like speed on it and lightweightness. Mike wants his feet hitting the pavement. I did get some shoes that felt <laughs> like I was literally running in socks that my pace got faster, but I was like, eh, this probably isn't good for my feet. <laughs> But yeah, I would say go to like a running store and see if they offer some kind of like sizing or just recommendations and find something that's good for your feet and try those out first. Okay. All the pro tips. Now, Brenda in Texas and somebody who goes by Yaya Tello on Instagram would like to know about the kids situation with your wife. Are you guys still talking about having kids? We are talking. This about is not me asking. About <laughs> you do whatever you want. I think we we've talked about it more of in the point of like kind of creating a timeline. Not anytime soon. I think we see other people who have had kids in their 30s. That's kind of what we talked about because we are now both in our 30s and looking at what other people have done and thinking like, oh, I kind of like that they waited until later in life to have kids because you're everybody says you're never really ready for a kid, but I think we want to get to a point where we've done all the things that we can, in, that we wanted to do as just, just a couple. Like we still have places on our list that we want to travel. We still have other things that we want to accomplish in our careers. So I don't think we're at a place in the next two to three years yet, maybe in like four or five. It's kind of where we are. Hey, you got to do what fits best for you guys. And I think it's great whether you choose to or not, however it feels right for you guys. And it sounds like you guys are just enjoying married life together and life in general. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, life as hard as it is. <laughs> so true. The thing is, nobody sells having kids. They really don't. They really don't. They really don't. I'm going to tell you that right now. I talked to every single person and they're like, oh, but it's the best thing ever. I'm like, yeah, but like everything else you tell me doesn't agree with that like what part of it is like i see the part you post on social media but everything else you say sounds like it's really hard <laughs> yeah oh yeah the the big dilemma i also read a really sad statistic the other day on tiktok of that by the time your kid turns 18 you spent you have spent 94 percent of the time that you will ever spend with him and that made me sad <gasps> i'm like i don't even have kids yet and to think that once they're 18 you're gonna see them so much less because they go to college yeah. and then you only see them like around holidays and they have a family you only see them two or three times a year 
Made me call my mom. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's true. I had I had made a post like, go and visit your loved ones. Mm -hmm. Call your mom. Call whoever you need to call that you've been putting off because you only get so much time. Yeah, like I I recently had a moment, like a couple maybe even last weekend where, like I was at a comic book shop and they were selling Pokemon cards, and it reminded me of a time that my mom literally took me to like a store to specifically buy Pokemon cards because she knew it was like important to me back in the early 2000s. Every kid was wanting Pokemon cards, but we didn't have a whole lot of money then, but she still like knew it was important to me and took me to buy a couple packs of cards. And that's just like a moment I remembered. And I was like, if I don't tell my mom this now that like, that was a specific memory that I know that she went out of her way to do this. She spent money on this. And it's just something that I remember from my childhood, like just a reminder, like, you were a great mom. Mm. And I told her that. And she was like, I, I do remember that day. No, that probably meant so much to her. Like, I know it meant so much to you, but it also probably meant so much to her just to hear that from you. Yeah, because I think we just have, like, it's weird the things we remember from our childhood. And there are just weird moments like that that at the time maybe to her didn't seem like the biggest deal. And when you start talking about having kids, I start to think about what are those moments going to look like. Even like hearing Eddie talk about like the stuff he does with his boys, I'm thinking of the things that they're going to remember because there's just stuff like that that you do with your parents or they do for you that you'll be on a podcast in your 30s thinking back on those moments. <laughs> so I just look at like other people with kids and be like, oh, that's going to be something they remember. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I'm getting all teary eyed. We're going to take a <laughs> one more little break. We'll be right back. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, listener Megan is trying to eat less meat for health reasons. So she wants to know some some of our favorite meals. You're a vegan. I'm mm-hmm. a vegetarian. So less meat style meals. What are like your top three favorite meals? I have been very Asian inspired recently. Love that. So I would go to a restaurant here that just closed down actually. <laughs> but they had the best vegan Asian food, which was like this fried rice. And it's not that hard to make fried rice that's vegan you really just don't put the egg in it mm-hmm. or there's some other like meat-based soy sauces they use or sometimes so they are no longer in existence so i've been trying to recreate the meal i would get there that was my favorite and try to make it at home and i found some fried rice that you literally just throw in the microwave <laughs> and it's actually really good and then i'll make some tofu and then i'll throw some cauliflower in the air fryer and just like a like a stir fry. That's probably my favorite meal right now. I love a stir fry. It's kind of like a mismatch of just whatever you have in your house. And I honestly make that a lot because it's hard for me to make things for dinner because like I never know what I want. I told my wife the other day I was starting to cook. I was like, I didn't know I was going to eat this until about five minutes before I started cooking because a stir fry, you can just really take all the ingredients you have and just throw, throw it, it all in together. There. And somehow it goes together. Sometimes it doesn't. But if you got, if you got the sauces, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of yeah. still works. Yeah, a little flavoring to it and you're good. So that's <laughs> kind of my favorite right now. Okay. That's not probably a week. Again, I'm weird about food. I have like weekday foods and I have like weekend foods. Hey, I get it. Sometimes less effort during the week. That, that, yeah. That's more of a, well, I'm kind of the opposite way that I think about it. I like the less effort on the weekend. That's funny. Cause like, Because like, you have more time on the weekend. Because this is like an easier meal for me because I can just throw it in the microwave. I don't take a whole lot of time to cook tofu and then throw something in the air fryer. I want the easier meals on the weekend. <laughs> That's funny. So that is like my weekend meal. During the week, I like Mexican-inspired things. So there is some soy-based chorizo that I'll make. And I'll make some kind of rice with it. Or I have these, there's these really good siete beans that are, they have a lot of vegan stuff, the whole brand. And... I'm kind of particular when it comes to beans and rice being a Mexican. Yeah. I have a very high standard for that, but their beans are actually really good. (laughs) So if I'm wanting something Mexican inspired again, Mexican food is pretty easy to veganize. Of course, you're not going to get the same meat. Yeah, or cheese, but I still feel like it's still easy. But like all the sides are pretty easy. You can just throw it on a tostada or on a taco and there you go <laughs> you got it going so i feel like that's usually pretty easy mm-hmm. and then my third one would that's honestly the majority of what i eat <laughs> i eat some variation of that aside from that is just finding different side items to make and mm-hmm. that really comes down to just 
throwing things in the air fryer. That's fair. And you can make veggies taste really good by throwing them in the air fryer, throwing some avocado spray in there, and then whatever kind of seasoning you like. I use a lot of tamari. Mm, which, like the sauce or seasoning? I don't it's know like what a, it is. It's kind of like a soy sauce, Okay, but it's gluten-free, which is why my wife found it. And you throw that stuff on anything and it makes it taste a lot better. <laughs> and if you throw it on something in the air fryer, it makes it get a little crispier. Yeah. So I've just been experimenting on how it affects different kinds of vegetables that I throw in there. That sounds good. I need to look into that sauce. Okay. All right. Well, those are some strong ones. So vegan side. Now vegetarian side, I've got sweet potato and black bean enchiladas that I make that do last mm-hmm. for a couple of days, which are awesome. Um, now all, I'm pretty sure all my stuff has cheese on it. So that's the side that doesn't make it vegan. But, um, then I always throw together like these Chipotle bowls essentially at home and they are rice, sweet potatoes, black beans, avocado, sauteed peppers and onions, and mix it all together with some salt and pepper and you got a homemade Chipotle bowl. You can't Super go wrong easy. with the bowl. <laughs> you can't, you just mix everything in there. You just need the ingredients you like. And then I also love a chopped salad. So lately I've been doing, I mean, sweet potato is like a huge part of my diet because it makes me feel full. Mm -hmm. So I really love sweet potatoes. And so I have a salad. I'll do like a medley mix. And we got blueberries, sweet potatoes, some um, candied walnuts, and some white cheddar cheese. And then a uh, strawberry vinaigrette. I think it's called like skinny, skinny something skinny gal Mm. um and mix that all together chop it all up in a bowl and then i eat it out of said bowl (laughs) (laughs) so those are like my three top that i typically always lean into the enchiladas not so much anymore because i just really don't like corn tortillas i wish i could really i can't and like trying to be gluten-free at home all the time like that's a doesn't quite work out for me (laughs) and i haven't found any tortillas that i like that are (laughs) gluten-free so it's a struggle the enchiladas have backed off a bit but yeah so I, I've supplemented that typically with my own version of a homemade grilled cheese. I have a gluten-free bread, and I shred my own white cheddar in regular cheddar, mix those together, and make a grilled cheese sandwich. That's been the supplement. Keep it classic. Yeah, got it. You, you can never go wrong. All right. The last two questions are just updates for me, I guess. Claire from Dallas wants an update on my personal podcast. Oh. Sometime, hopefully sometime soon, Claire. <laughs> I'm also waiting. Uh, I'm really pushing, hopefully, to launch it launch it very soon. But, you know, that's been the goal for a while now. And then Sarah from Arizona wants to know if I'm still eating gluten-free, which you just kind of heard me talk about. I am. Everything I eat at home is gluten-free. And then when I go out to eat and stuff, it allows me to be a little bit more open and eat things that aren't gluten-free. I'm not uh, allergic to it. I'm just really sensitive to it. And I'm feel more like I have the flu when I eat a lot of it. Problem was I was being a vegetarian. I was eating a lot of carbs. So I was eating grilled cheese, <laughs> cheese pizza, cheese quesadillas, a lot of cheese and carbs. And just as I got older, my body couldn't take all the gluten anymore. So I had to back off. And I have, which now allows me to at least still have gluten when I want it. I can't really eat like full-blown like gluten pasta. That will destroy me. Mm. But like I can go and have like sourdough like a grilled cheese sourdough or something, or I can go have a bagel from somewhere and I'll probably be okay. I just like can't have it all the time. So at home, which I cook more often than not, is is all gluten-free. Also why it makes it a struggle cooking at home. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's hard for my wife and I just to go out to eat because she's gluten-free, I'm vegan. 
It's some limited options. <laughs> Man, it is. You, you keep just taking things off and I'm like, dang, I'm just going to eat an olive. <laughs> All right, Mike. Anything else you want to add before we jump out of here? I kept you long enough. Uh, if you want to check out my podcast, Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, I do spoiler-free reviews every single week. I cover all the new movies coming out, and then I do a lot of film history. Love it. Go check him out and follow you. At Mike Destro. There it is. Did you say that? And I just missed it. No, I didn't. Okay. You're good. <laughs> Making sure. Uh, you can come hang out with me too at Web Girl Morgan on all the things and be sure to check out the show page. We got a lot of videos up on TikTok and Instagram at Bobby Bone Show. We'll see y'all later. Have a great weekend, Mike. Thanks for joining me. See ya. That's the best bits of the week with Morgan. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the other two parts this weekend. Go follow the show on all social platforms. At Bobby Bones Show. And follow at WebGirl Morgan. To submit your listener questions for next week's episode. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe. And my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.